From the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus addressed this parable to those who were convinced of their own righteousness and despised everyone else. Two people went up to the temple area to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a tax collector. The Pharisee took up his position and spoke this prayer to himself. O God, I thank you that I am not like the rest of humanity, greedy, dishonest, adulterous, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I pay tithes on my whole income. But the tax collector stood off at a distance and would not even raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast and prayed, O God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, the latter went home justified, not the former. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. So when I was reading this gospel reading in preparation for today, and it opens with these two people went up to the temple area to pray. I sort of had this image of these two people walking into a room. And the only image that stuck in my head was the two presidential candidates walking into a room. Which is kind of interesting. Because in the context of the parable, it would probably be two Pharisees walked into a room. In the course of this election cycle, I think we've all been inundated with social media posts or emails or conversations that we see or commentary on the news. And it really is a lot of each person wanting to justify themselves. And despising everyone else. Or two people convinced of their own righteousness and despising everyone else as the Gospel reading says. And sort of stepping back and looking at our culture here in our country, that probably is representative of our culture. That we live in a culture of people 
who are convinced of their own righteousness and despise everyone else. And today is a good time for us to pause and reflect and say, am I like that too? Am I convinced of my own righteousness and despise everyone else? Am I convinced that I am so very good and everyone else is so very bad? Because the parable points out that as these two people go in to pray, the Pharisee is convinced that he is so very good. And when he prays, he sort of takes all of his goodness into the temple area with him. I'm not greedy or dishonest or adulterous. I'm not like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I pay tithes on my whole income. But interestingly, when the Pharisee prays, he speaks this prayer to himself. He speaks this prayer to himself. The tax collector, on the other hand, simply goes into the temple area recognizing he's in the presence of God, knowing that he's a sinner, and he says, oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. One prays to himself, and the other speaks the truth about himself to God. The other speaks the truth about himself to God. And that is what we're all called to do as Catholic Christians. Within the context of our own spiritual lives, to speak the truth about ourselves to God. But it can be very difficult for us to do that. And many people, when they talk to me about their prayer lives, they'll say something like, well, Father, I don't really know if I'm actually talking to God. Am I really praying or am I just like saying stuff in my head? Am I just sort of like rambling on in my head? And if we're wondering which of the two we're doing, we might ask ourselves, like, do we talk to God about everything in our lives? Do we talk to God about our sinfulness? And not simply, Lord, protect me from my sinfulness, but Jesus, I really, really, really desire to eat that whole cake. Or Jesus, I have a lot of resentments in my life. I have resentments towards my family. Or I'm holding grudges against my friends. 
Or, Lord, I'm consumed with lust. Lord, I just really hate people. Are we speaking to our Lord honestly about the disposition of our heart? Sometimes it's necessary for us to say, Jesus, I'm really mad at you right now, and I don't even want to talk to you, so this is all you're getting, is me being mad at you. And oftentimes, people are very uncomfortable doing that. But if we believe that our relationship with Jesus is a relationship with a real person, then we have to talk to him like a real person in our prayer. And we know in our other relationships, when we're upset with somebody and we don't actually tell them, we just sort of hold on to that and we withdraw and we don't really make contact. And when we do, it's very minimal. And slowly we drift farther and farther and farther and farther apart until we don't even know why we're not talking anymore. And we can do the same thing with our Lord. We can let ourselves drift more and more and more from him. The year of mercy is still going for the next couple of weeks. And in these last couple of weeks, I encourage all of us to finish strong in the year of mercy. And allow our Lord the opportunity to show us mercy, which means giving him the opportunity to love us even in our sinfulness. To let him transform that part of our hearts that's not transformed. But he will not transform it unless we invite him into it. Unless we bring it to him. We can't be transformed from a sinner to a saint unless we come before our Lord as a sinner. John Paul II, in his encyclical letter on mercy, says the church always or continues to proclaim conversion. And that conversion begins with the experience of mercy. with the proclamation of the love of the Father who is rich in mercy. And that experience of mercy happens when we recognize that our Lord died for us while we were yet sinners. And so the tax collector has a much better shot at transformation than the Pharisee because the tax collector is bringing his sinfulness before our Lord. The one who is convinced of his own righteousness has no need of mercy or doesn't see a need for mercy. And so we too, if we're convinced of our own righteousness, or 
if we've settled for I'm doing good enough in my spiritual life, then there's no room for transformation. And how many of us really want to be good enough in our spiritual life? Like how many wives want to hear their husbands say, like, I love you good enough. We have good enough love. We want to be in love. In love that transforms over and over and over and over and continues to grow deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's what our Lord has invited us to. And in the midst of a culture that is so divided and so angry, we need saints who are transformed. Our country needs a church that proclaims the mercy of our Lord, that stands as a beacon on a hill or a light that shines in the darkness. That's not somewhere in between the liberal-conservative divide, but stands over and above it, shining light on the truth. We need that. And it's up to us to be that. But in order to be that, we first have to be transformed. We first have to have the humility to invite our Lord into the gluttony in our heart or the lust in our heart or the other forms of sin or selfishness or hurt or woundedness. So that our Lord can transform us. The scriptures have always proclaimed that. St. Paul speaks about how he's in prison and almost everybody has deserted him. But then he follows by saying, may it not be held against them because St. Paul knows who he is in Christ, because he's been transformed and he's able to be a light in the darkness of his culture at that time. And so today, let us pray that following the model of the prayer of the tax collector, we may be transformed in our time. That the church may truly experience the kind of renewal that will allow it to be a light that shines in the darkness of our culture. That we may truly be a beacon set on a hill, proclaiming the love and mercy and joy that comes only from our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ.